survivors, welcome to D180, the horror podcast taking you on a ride. Of course, I'm AJ. And I'm Janae. Once again, I feel like I just did this, but it's April. Not even just a month. This year is going so fast. Yeah. But y'all know what that means. But if you're new here, we do things every month in the park. And the theme for this month is Spring on the Remake. We chosen five remakes to discuss this month, but before we start, I gotta address the elephant in the room. I know y'all seeing this new artwork on y'all screens right now. Do you like it? I like it. It's cute. So our new artwork was done by Fotine, and thank you. We love it. Now I ain't gonna start because I just get ideas for when we like go into different months and maybe, you know, our, our school can have like, you know, he can have his own little theme vibe too. Maybe he can have like a little Santa hat when it's like Christmas or whatever. I don't know. So keeping cute. you on retainer for <laughs> Basically. But if y'all want to hit up his artwork, because he does some bomb artwork, I'm going to link his stuff down in the show notes as we always do. So like I said before, sprinkle on the remake, we talking remakes, but before we get there, y'all know I got to drop some background first. So like I said, we're talking remakes this month, and all of the movies we picked from this month are all from the 2000s. That wasn't on purpose. We had other options, but it is what it is. However, that's not when the remake trend started, but it is when it got real OC. You agree with that? Yeah, it definitely has gotten out of control. I mean, one of the movies we'll be talking about later on this month is a remake of the remake. (laughs) Like, you know, while it's true that the 2000s had the most remakes of any decade, you know, like, first of all, first of all, rewind. Do you know, because I did some real deep research for this episode. Do you know 19 remakes came out in 2005? 19. 19. I'm, I got the link, too. I'm going to put it down below so y'all can see that, too. But anyway. That is excessive. I, I... <laughs> Look, yeah, I had to catch my breath myself. Because, you know, I mean, obviously, I had this written in my notes. But just saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, dang, that really happened. But the industry had been remaking movies long before the OC era. You know what I'm saying? So the earliest mm-hmm. one that they chased back was in the late 1800s, like, I think, um, 18, wait, yeah, 1896, and excuse me, you know, we be trying, we be trying to pronounce these names, I'm sure this is Jorge, but it's not spelt like Jorge, it's spelt George with the S at the end, (laughs) I'm so sorry, but basically, he made this movie, And then a year later, the Lumiere brothers made a silent short film of the same movie. So this has been a thing, you know what I'm saying? But what really pushed the remakes is advances in technology. So check this out. Sound was a major one. So think about, you know, like I just said, that was a silent film. But then we started being able to hear the movies. So they're like, okay, well, dang, my film was a silent film so I want people to hear what we were saying so now we gotta you know throw the sound on here but here was the problem some of those silent actors either they had heavy accents and it didn't fit the character that they was playing and how many times have we seen that like somebody's voice doesn't fit their body and it's just weird or like the actors for whatever reason just couldn't have their voice recorded so around the 30s we were starting to see remakes of movies that was coming out in the 20s. 
then with special effects, people was able to start to do more, which is what we see like, you know, maybe like in the 90s and 2000s, we're seeing these remakes and they're kind of like upping the gore, just doing other camera tricks with sometimes shitty CGI, but you know, different things like that. But all of these things that just kept coming over time, kept giving the industry a reason to remake new films. And then another thing was, people was going to see it. People was eating it up. And like everybody says, they're introducing a new generation Hmm. to these old tales. And I mean, it's true, but at the same time. I mean, like nowadays, everything's on demand and digital. You know what? I just watched, I just watched an interview with Robert England and someone was asking him if they brought like a Nightmare on Elm Street back, especially because, you know, Craven's got the estate, so it's it's popping. But um, what does he think they should do with Freddy? And what he said, he was just like, well, see, the problem is Freddy is too available to people. It was one thing in the 80s because, you know, it was marketing and it was like, you know, toys, books, Freddy's Nightmares, blah, 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 blah. But he was like, you know, now in a digital era, like somebody can just pull Freddy up on YouTube and just watch all these other videos or, you know, on streaming services. And it's not so much of a spectacle anymore, you know? And that makes yeah. so much sense because it is so accessible. Like even when we were... um well, half of these movies, like, we've seen majority, well, okay, not all of them, but we've seen some of these movies that we're going to be talking about this month, but we vividly remember being in theaters, watching these movies, and having no idea of the original movie. And that's how I kind of feel about, like, reboots and sequels. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting to the point now, like, even though I'm excited for Scream 5, mm-hmm. I'm also tired Yeah, of them keep making movies. Because at some point, you just got to, like, round it out, end it, let it be. With remakes, reboots, extensions of a franchise. Because I'm tired of all of the goddamn Fast and the Furiouses. How many? How many? <laughs> Until y'all stop going to see it in theaters. Y'all the ones that keep, not saying you, but... I'm about to just say, like, guys, don't be in no seat. No, yeah, no, I'm, you know me. I just be speaking generally. But just like, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to bring it up just because we got time today. And, you know, I don't care. Y'all like riding with us. Just like this whole little Nas X and this Sweetie and Quavo, y'all giving us so much life. And that's why it's everywhere. Like, if y'all Honestly, didn't pay attention to it, like. I didn't even know what was happening with Sweetie and Quavo. I, I. This is the first time I'm scrolling through my Facebook right now and everybody's talking about some video. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I'll be so unplugged. Exactly. And right now, that's all we're going to say about it. But the point is, you give attention to these things. And same with these remakes. Y'all keep going to see them. Like, for example, so I got two examples for this one. First one, Child's Play, 2019 remake. Everybody had their different reservations for how they felt about the film. Some people was just like, nah, screw this. Some people was like, oh, I might give it a chance. There are some people that was like, oh, this is awesome. And then there's those people like, oh, what's Chucky? Who was this? Like, you know what I'm saying? You got all these different groups of people. Movie came out. It did what it did. I personally liked it. It was a new spin on the story, even though, you know what I'm saying? It's not like his franchise isn't popping right now. But, you know, the remake did what it did, and it was fine. But people still felt the way they felt. On the other hand, you have The Invisible Man, a remake. 
But I see, I didn't even know that it was a remake. The thing about remakes is how you do the remake. For example, the remake we're talking about today, Evil Dead 2013, is the way you go about telling the story. Like, are you about to sit here? Like, I don't know if you, have you seen the original Psycho? Honestly, I I mean, like, you know, it's pop culture, so everybody knows it. But have you actually, like, seen the movie? Maybe a long time ago. But, you know, um, it's a remake to it but it's literally a word for word scene for scene <laughs> remake with we're Vince talking Vaughn. about like the 1960s cycle right yes and I, I think this remake is in the 90s i want to say late 90s yeah i don't say know about the, yeah i don't know about the 90s version but i've seen the original oh i haven't seen that 90s version but i've seen enough to know that that wasn't it sorry Vince fine but um yes <laughs> the point is some remakes they literally just update the film. Okay, no shade. I said I wasn't going to do this, so I'm going to bring this up. But the 2013 Carrie film, although it brings in new elements to the story, is still the same story. Because I'm a, even though Carrie is one of my favorite franchises or just one that I just have really close to my heart, it is what it is. It's the same story. It's literally the same story each time. And I don't care. But the point is, each version brings something new to the story. All three of those movies, I'm not including the sequel, all three of those movies are different, even though it's the same skeleton story. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But the 2013 version still, uh, I'm not gonna start because I feel like I'm gonna take that somewhere else. Anyway, y'all know, if y'all know what I'm talking <laughs> about, y'all know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I'm not gonna start on that movie. The point is, with these remakes, if they're not going to do something new for me, then I'm just like, what's the point? Or like, if you're not going to improve on things, like if you're going to make a movie that has like really, really cool practical effects, like Evil Dead, and you throw like boo-boo CGI on it, which didn't really happen here. It's not too much case here. But um, I can't really think of a movie right now. One will probably pop in my head later. But yeah, like, I don't want that. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you? And that's what ruins it for me. The fact that you're making a remake, I could care less about that. But if you're going to do it, like, do it, okay? Like, if they remade Mikey and they just watered down that, like, none of the stuff he did in the original movie was as heightened as it was in that original movie, I would be upset. I'd be like, well, why did y'all do this then if y'all wasn't going to let him push his sister in the pool? Yeah, like, I would be upset <laughs> if they remade Mikey with a bigger budget. I feel like they could do some things. But see, the thing is, would they do those things or would they spend that money on dumb stuff? You see what I'm saying? You see the new It? No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's only because I, I think I low-key have a thing about clowns, not 100%. No, it's fine. Oh, oh you're going to be pissed. But that ain't till next year anyway. It's fine. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> like, I'm not, you know I'm how sorry. some people are, like, really, really scared of clowns? Mm-hmm. I'm not that scared, but when that whole fiasco was happening, when there was a whole bunch of clowns running around, yeah, I wasn't here for it. And also, I don't like the idea of people living in drains and, like, being mm-hmm. sewer systems. <laughs> so that whole premise, too, that... Yeah, I didn't like the idea of me walking down the street one day and someone can just, like, come out the drain and, like, snatch my ass up. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I stayed far away from it. Far away. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but what I will say is, you know, the first movie, everybody was like, this is awesome. Like, you know, it took a risk in remaking the movie and, you know, the new version, it's not entirely new, but it improves on some things, at least some things out. It does what it needs to do. And in the second, the second version, the second chapter, you know, it was so hyped up. And if you know the end, you know, everybody was like, okay, well, what are they going to do with this and how this going to work? And, you know, it was what it was. And for some people, it was a yay. For some people, it's going to be a nay. But the point is, they be taking risk with these remakes, okay? You can either retell the story or you can give us, like, a brand new look on the story. But, you know, people just don't be wanting to see they old stuff change and i mean it's like a damned if you do damned if you don't i mean if you're gonna ride with it you will yeah <laughs> at this point is hey hey do your money do what you want well speaking of earlier i mentioned that we're talking about the 2013 evil dead remake i feel like and i kept this entire time i've been trying to think did i see this in theaters or did I just see this on a really big TV? But I feel like I saw <laughs> I feel like I saw this in theaters for some reason. Cause I know around that time I was always going to the movies because I worked at the mall in college and it was like the theater was right there. So I was always going. And I feel like I did see this one in the theaters. But I knew of Evil Dead. And of course, like who doesn't know Bruce Campbell? And his character's name is Ashley, so why wouldn't I know who he is? Like, we're named twins, but I had never seen the movie. Like, I knew all, like, references from, you know, Army of Darkness and blah, 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 but I'd never seen it. Oh, a little, not a warning, but just a little, I guess, a, what do they call those things? Like a bumper? Like a, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say, John A? A precursor? When we came up with this theme, we decided that if we hadn't seen the original, we weren't going to watch the original. And the reason we decided to do that was because we're trying to basically just give the point of view of fresh eyes. I'm not sure if that's what I'm trying to say, but well, yeah. for one, I hadn't seen the original Evil Dead. I also didn't know that this was a franchise and that there's a sequel and then another sequel and then the whole TV show on Netflix. Had no clue. So this was all very new to me. <laughs> You're talking, wait, 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 wait. You're talking about up until now you didn't know this or then? No, up until now. Oh, okay. No, I was talking about then. Like I knew, like I was always aware no, of I, what this was. No clue. So when you but, said the Evil okay. Dead, I, when we were watching the Evil Dead, I was like, okay, I don't know what this is, but okay. Oh, so was this your first time seeing it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Johnny. I did not know that. Wow. That's why I said, that's why I said I wanted to watch the original because I didn't know. And you were like, well, you don't need to watch the original. And I was like, okay. Because you don't, uh, because you don't, because... Huh. I mean, I get why now, because after, of course, I watched this, I read up on everything. So I know why. Okay, you know, but. okay, okay. I wanted to, okay, okay, I know what I'm trying to say. I didn't want us to get on the show and judge and be like, well, in the original, they did this and da da I didn't want us to do that. That's exactly what it was. But like John, they said, yes, I just wanted 
us to just judge this movie on its own merit. If we know, like, okay, obviously y'all see that we're doing My Bloody Valentine next week. Obviously you guys know, unless you're new here, we already covered the original movie, but I purposely did that because John A. hadn't seen the remake. And I was just like, oh, well, might as well watch it. And now, it's, and it's also a reason that I put that on the list, but we'll get there when we get there. But it's almost <laughs> the reverse. I know, okay. It's like, guys, if you know what I'm trying to say, and it probably won't make sense until the next episode, what I'm trying to do to Janae for the next episode is the opposite of what I'm trying to do to her for this episode. Because I've seen the original Evil Dead, so I know the differences and I know the similarities. She has not, and I didn't realize she hadn't seen um, the remake even. I didn't realize she hadn't seen none of those. But for My Bloody Valentine, she's seen the original and now she's about to see the remake. And if you've seen the remake, you know what happens, but she doesn't. So don't be putting it in the comments either. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, not you. I want I'm her. Whoever oh, no, no, no. I knew you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you meant not me, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm trying to give her a reverse experience with this movie from what she's going to get next week. But, and actually, if we're being honest, this whole month, I haven't seen the originals. Except for Stepfather, I haven't seen either. So. Mm-hmm. I've seen Stepfather and I've seen House of Wax. Well, well ooh, ooh, no, I haven't. I've not seen the original House of Wax. Yeah, I haven't seen the original House of Wax and I haven't seen the original Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, same. So I've seen the first three movies of the month that we're doing, which is Evil Dead 2013. My Bloody Valentine, 2009, and Stepfather, 2009. I've seen all those originals, but the end of the month, both of us are going to be fresh eyes, and it's going to be an experience, but that's the whole point, because I want even people who have seen these franchises, and you know the movies in and out, like, maybe y'all can hit us up and tell us something that we're not seeing in the movies, or, like, you know, give us a different perspective, but the thing is, I just wanted us to vibe out. So I didn't want us to do too much. Like who was about to sit here and watch 10 movies this month? I would do that, but <laughs> like for real, who was about to sit here and do that? So I mean, we still in a panoramic. And... I mean, we are. I mean, normally, like I said, <laughs> like, you know, I told you about my letterbox. At this point, I'm up to like almost 60 movies. And the last time I told you, I was like just now hitting 40. So mm. like I said, I would sit here and watch 10 movies in like a month. Well, more than that and probably less than two weeks but (laughs) we didn't need to do all that so this is directed by fetty alvarez who johnny have you seen the movie don't breathe nope Ooh, i have to find a way to put that in a theme somewhere this year because you need to see this um (laughs) he also directed that movie but this is produced by robert tappert sam Raimi, and bruce campbell so basically all the original people who were involved with the original movie. Screenplay was done by Fetty and Roto, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I'm going to say Saiges. This is based on the original The Evil Dead, and this is just Evil Dead. It's starring Jane Levy, who is also in Don't Breathe, Shiloh Fernandez, Lou Taylor Pucci, who plays Benji and you. Did you know that? Benji, Benji. Who was Benji? Benji, okay, season one. Benji is the boyfriend. Oh, wait a minute. Gosh. Okay, spoilers for you if you haven't seen it or you don't know if you want to get into it, which you should because it's a dope show. And y'all know I don't watch TV or shows too often, so if I say it's good, it's good. Um, 
skip yeah, like skip forward like a you yeah skip forward like a minute maybe okay so one two three i'm saying it so benji was like the boyfriend that um damn who was the bitch in the first season uh not love that second season i know um, well, anyway about he was the he locked in the boyfriend? queue yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. him oh Okay. okay, guys, we're done. You come back and walk with us now and not be a weirdo and walk behind us by yourself. Don't you hate that? <laughs> I'm sorry. To everybody that got an odd friend group, stop letting your friend walk alone in the back because sometimes that's me. <laughs> it be me too. That's all I'm like. Don't be talking about me because I'll be the one right in the back. If It depends because sometimes like if I'm not feeling some people some days, I'll like trail behind. Mm-hmm. Or like you know, like when it's my parents in the park, we leaving them and making them trip behind. Mm-mm. It just depends. <laughs> they don't get on roller coasters no more even anymore either. Anyway, so that that. Well, I'm about to take you on a ride after I finish this cast. Damn and then not only that, like I be hating Ooh. it sometimes. I leave my friends sometimes because I'm a fast walker. You really are. No, 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 no. You really are. And I don't know if you checked, but I got short legs, honey, and I'm going to need you to slow it down. Honestly, it's because I've lived in this city my whole life. And so it's like I'm used to walking fast because you get off the metro, you got to get to your job, you got to do what you need to do. You can't be Because I'm like, we was lit and you was walking fast. And I'm like, where is she going? Like, it's just, you gonna it's, get there? it's me. I can't. <laughs> walk slow it's weird it's like why are we lollygagging we have we is vibing i'm gonna tell you you need to slow your ass down right now and that's just you gonna at least do it for me because no well anyway <laughs> we got jessica lewis and elizabeth blackmore and i'm just gonna stop right there i know i didn't like say who played who but it's fine you've seen the movie you guys are fine <laughs> so without further ado we can low-key bounce out to the queue line you ready, girl? Yes. Hey, come on, let's roll. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here's a wild ride. Miss Janay, Miss Janay, I have a game for you. A pretty interesting one. No, it's, it's actually pretty interesting, and I feel like you would do good at this one. Cause see, at first, what I was going to do, and I might do this later. Hence, hence. So you know, just you know, might want to do some reading, some YouTube video searching, or whatever. At first, we were going to do a quiz about movies that have remakes, but you know, just no. in my pocket. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, be shit out of luck. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do my girl dirty this week, cause sisters and we look out for each other so what i did was i found a little quiz called which actor do you think of when you see these roles and i feel like this is going to be a fun one for you so you can relax because it's not going to take that much hopefully and let's start so what's going to happen is i'm going to say a movie character or maybe a character from a show i'm going to say a character and you tell me what name you associate or what actor you associate with that character makes okay. sense ready yeah willie wonka johnny depp Ooh, you started you started with violence what i like him 
Okay, I only laughed because um, Gene Wilder. <laughs> I know, but the remake and that shit's funny. But I just really did. I was really curious which way you were gonna pick. I'm not judging you at all. But it was you know why? Because his teeth in that movie well, they bothered me. I know somebody in that movie that would not appreciate that comment. Who? Not even his daddy. Oh. His daddy worked hard on them teeth. Okay. Girl, them teeth bothered me. They. Sabrina Spellman. Um, Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, yes, because girl, if you said the new one, I was gonna be like, all right, meeting over. No, Show's she over. got my nerves. <laughs> like, you know, she no, really to be fair, I haven't even seen the remake, but or whatever it's called, reboot, whoever the hell. I it's haven't seen it, so but. it's like, have you heard of Riverdale on the CW? I've heard of it, but you know, of course, ain't seen so it. Riverdale is like a dark version of the Archie comics. So this Sabrina is like a dark version of Sabrina. It's kind of like Riverdale, but like a million times worse. Okay. I heard something about it being darker, but I just figured, you know it's how when they good. like, you know how when they recreate stuff and they put it on certain streaming services, you already know you're going to get a little something, something. It's really good. The only downside is like, it's one of them shows where you hate the main character because she's so fucking stupid, but you like everybody else. Oh, wait a minute. That's like, okay, you know what? Show was kind of like that, but I kind of was in and out with every single character on that show for real, for real. You remember that Secret Life of a Teenager? Yeah. Secret Life of American Teenager, something like that? I hated that girl pregnant. Oh, my my gosh. But it was like, sometimes I was on her side, and then sometimes I hated Ricky, and then sometimes, oh my gosh, that show was just so much. Mystique. Mystique. You know, I don't know any of the actors who played Mystique. (gasps) What? Yeah. You don't at least know the one? Girl, I wasn't an X-Men person. I mean, I wasn't either, but you just knew. Oh, I don't know who played Mystique. Carmen Electra? Girl, I don't know. Okay, the choices that they have is uh, Rebecca Roman, and I might have pronounced the last name wrong, Carmen Electra, and then Jennifer Lawrence, and who cares about her? But I thought you would have. She played Mystique? Unfortunately. You know what? Let me not do that, because I really don't even know how she did in that movie, but that might be telling us something. So anyway, next person is Batman. Um, George Clooney. Yeah, that's cool. It's not a choice, but that's fine. <laughs> it's not? Well, okay, put it this way. They only, um, because of the screen, I guess, they only pick like the top three. I guess. Oh, however they did this, but Christian Bale, Val Kilmer, and Ben Affleck. But I mean, you could, George Clooney, that's fine. Like, that's who you identify with that character. I can't remember that's, anyone that's else's name. Game. <laughs> Until you just said Christian Bale, and I was like, oh, okay, I can't remember anyone else's name. George that's Clooney who was the first I First That's what I normally think of first. Now I see Ben Affleck and I'll just be like, what the fuck is this? But yeah. So I would really go with Christian Bale because I like the ones when he was with all the mothers. Yeah, same. So mm-hmm. now I'll go with Christian Bale. But George Clooney was the first name that came to my mind. Yeah. This next one is going to be a no-brainer for you. Spider-Man. Oh, uh, my boo. What's his name? I can't even think of his name now. Oh, hell no. Can't even think of his name. I really just threw you an alley oop and you just fumbled that shit. I can't think of his name right God now. Damn. See if I have an alley oop you anything what else. What is his name? Come on, man. I can't think of his name right now. Well, I'll just name the other ones that I'm pretty sure it's not. It's so not yeah. Tom. So and it's got... not that dude Alexander. Andrew? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it started with an A. It's Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and Tobey Maguire. There we girl. go. Tobey Maguire. I could not remember his name, but I see his girl. face. I always say, even though I'm fond of Tom Holland. <laughs> and shout out you know to Sam for Spider-Man 3. Even though people hated it, I loved it. I'm sorry <laughs> they shitted on you, Sam. I like I'm sorry, Spider-Man y'all. 3. I was laughing so hard, but what I was trying to say was... I have a soft spot for Tobey Maguire because when we was young, he was with us on the back of the cereal boxes holding us down in the morning. Remember when the Spider-Man mm. movie came out when we was little? It was everywhere. Like, you went everywhere and seen that. I feel like they was putting, like, some type of toy in the cereal. And I can't remember what it was, but I know I had it, though. But anyway. They really, woman. I'm sorry. Oh, they were my really bad. Giving, sorry. I'm sorry. They was really giving Sam shit for Spider-Man 3. They still giving him shit for oh, Spider-Man 3. Still because mm-hmm. y'all some haters. Sorry. They sorry. I think you need them to walk in the back for a little bit. Catwoman, Holly Berry. Okay. Yep. That's where that works. Okay. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Ooh, I like this one. James Vaughn. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yes, girl. And then you got Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. No. <laughs> Y'all like Daniel Craig? <laughs> no. I mean, I watched it, but I had my face scrunched up the whole time. Oh, I know somebody that will fight you. I don't care. I grew up with Pierce. Okay? They wouldn't fight you for real, for real, but they will argue. I'm pretty sure they will. But it's cool. And all my 007 games was Pierce. <laughs> I feel the same way about Oh my gosh, I had one of those. I think I got one of them games downstairs. So I brought home, I have my Super Nintendo, but I don't know. I have like a whole bunch of random games in this bag and some of them don't belong to the system at all. And I've seen a 007 game, but I haven't even, like, looked at it twice. I wonder which one is it. And, and I, I wonder, to, is it even for that? I used to whip my mama ass in 007 all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you play it. After we beat the game, then we just play against each other. Because mm-hmm. we, we used to struggle trying to beat that game. Oh, my God, it took us forever to beat it. But once we did, then we started playing against each other. And I would cheat, and I would look <laughs> at her screen and you see know, what she was. With Super <laughs> Nintendo game. Just gave me the blues, and I'm gonna be done with it. And we gonna go, <laughs> we gonna go to this loading dock or whatever. Did you have the Lion King game on Super Nintendo? I didn't have Super Nintendo. We had PlayStation. Oh, girl, th- no, you gotta crawl before you can walk. We had the Super Nintendo, girl. This Lion King game. Let me tell you something. Okay, so are you are at least familiar with the system? You know what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. So this Lion King game, first of all, it was one level and it was supposed to be the, and first of all, you can tell how upset I am and because <laughs> I've never won this freaking game. <laughs> so it was, I just can't wait to be king and it would be like Simba, you know how it's the games that go like from left to right and like storyboard, you know, like Super Mario, all that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So Simba would like get thrown to the monkeys and you had to figure out how to get the monkeys to throw you to a certain point 
in the game. And it was like the blue monkeys threw you one way and the pink or red, whatever color they were, monkeys threw you the other way. But the thing is you have to figure out the pattern. So that was hard because one of them motherfuckers will always throw you back down to the ground and you would have to start all the way over so then if you were blessed like i happen to be one day and you get to the stampede baby just turn it off because no i don't know nobody that got past that stampede i don't even know what's after that what's after that does anybody know out there like tell me because i have not seen those i don't, I don't know and my feelings are hurt now all right okay <laughs> all right y'all because when we come back we're gonna be talking about the 2013 evil dead mom would have hated seeing the cabin like this oh is that blood what is this shouldn't have touched anything from that basement couldn't uh Strata. Montose. Conda. You are all going to die tonight. I read a passage from that book. I released some evil. know what i'm not done and another thing those creators of the game said that they purposely made it hard so kids would play it longer so they wouldn't just burn through the game and be done with it well you know what you did it anyway this trailer (laughs) okay i'm for real now this trailer um Now, once again, I had not seen the original Evil Dead. I was familiar with some things that were going, was going on with it, but, you know, I wasn't all up in it. And when I seen it, I was like, oh, okay, I want to see this. This looks scary. Okay, there are demons. They want to feast on souls. All right. Um, did it give away too much? I don't know. I think it was just pretty gory, but I don't think yeah. it, like, you know, that was it. It was just really, really gory. And it wasn't like it showed everything because when you actually watch it play out in the movie, it's a whole different story. Which version did you watch? Of the trailer? No, of the movie. Uncut. Okay. Which one did you watch? Same. Girl. And it's and it's almost like because I've seen the quote unquote regular version and it's really not that different. It's just like, um, oh, well, one Attention second. survivors, from this point on, spoilers will be dropped. If you'd like to skip to the queue line, please refer to the timestamps below. See you on the other side. Okay, now that that's over, the only difference is, is they just kind of like hold on some of the gore a little bit longer. Like that one scene where homegirl chop off her arm and it hang by a string. 
<laughs> or um, <laughs> or when Eric be getting fucked up and like they like bandaging his wounds and it's just like splitting, splitting, splitting out blood. Like, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you watched the uncut version so you won't have a di- Well, I mean, that was cool on my bloody Valentine. You had a whole different experience and you were so shocked when I was telling you what happened. Yeah, I was confused, but actually when I had like, you know, hit up Alexa and I was like, yo, Evil Dead, and I saw that there was two versions, I was like, oh, watch Uncut. That's cool that it showed you. Yeah, it did. It showed me, well, (laughs) because the Uncut version, I think, look, I had to pay for the Uncut version, but the, um, the, the normal one was on Stars. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, but I want to see the uncut version. Great. (laughs) I gotta have my blood. (laughs) So when we start the movie, I don't know if you noticed, but you just hear flies buzzing. And you're like, okay, what's about to happen here? Oh, and as I said before, because I've seen the original movie, and John A has it. I'm not going to be making too many references back to the original. Some stuff I'm going to point out because it's cool and it's not going to really mean anything to her. But I want her to have the experience of seeing the original as purely as possible as she can. Because yeah. it's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Trust me. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's going to be fine. And we're in the woods. It's a young girl. She's wandering around scared. But, you know, she's just wandering around at she hides behind a tree and she gets caught up. She has her head covered and she's knocked out. And oh my God, she's basically, you know, knocked out by the butt of a shotgun. Yeah, that was a lot. She wakes up in a basement filled with hanging dead cats. She's yeah. tied to a pole. Her head is still covered and she's just begging to go home. And I'm just like, I remember the first time seeing this. And I really do think I was. Now that I think about it and I'm talking about it more, I really do think I was in the theater. Because I was just like, dang, this poor girl, what is they about to do to her? And then it's always got to be animals. Like, oh, gosh. So anyway, somebody comes along and they snatch the sack off. Surprisingly, it's her daddy. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because first of all, you low-key get thrown off seeing him because you look at her and when we were seeing her in the woods, she's all dirty and like the dress she has on is like tattered, is giving very much village chic. And then you see her daddy and he all <laughs> white collared down. So I'm like, whoa, whoa. You get what, see, yeah, see you laughing because you get exactly what I'm saying. I'm laughing at the fact that she said village chic. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> So, you know, it's a gang of people. They standing around and they're watching and she's confused because she's like, okay, who's all these people? I was confused as to what happened to some of their faces because I'm like, okay, is this really Hilltop Vibes? (laughs) It was given that low key. So um, she reveals, well, not she, the father reveals that she's responsible for killing her mother and proceeds to carefully pour gasoline on her as she whimpers, eventually begging for her life. And I want y'all to like all just... Hold on to what I just said about this little part right here. So as that happens, this woman is thumbing through a book. And um, pause real quick. We're going to be calling. We are fully aware that this is called the Necronomicon. Before this show, we're going to be calling it the Necronomicon. Shout out to Scary Crit Pie. Hey, <laughs> Our friends, Lauren Lamel. I love her name. And Jared, we love y'all. But that's what it's going to be called for the rest of the show is the Necronomicon. Do not be coming at us on IG or however you can reach us talking about we've been saying it wrong. No, no, no. 
person, we say it how we want to say it. So anyway, book. Oh my God. <laughs> That's how they introduce it and I love it every single time. I'll be ready to hear it. I'll be like, come on, book. Come on. What we doing today? What what y'all about to tell me today, Scary Crit Pod? So, <laughs> I love y'all. That is my movie, though. So, she's thumbing. I'm going to stop being silly. So, she's thumbing through the Negronomicon. And first of all, when we looking through this book, um, this book is, you know, this ain't no kids book, book, but it's hella photos. Okay? Chop the motherfucker. <laughs> what? You know what? I went this whole show not cussing, and that was my first one. Dang it. It's okay. Whatever. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so she's shouting out incantations, and he strikes a match, and then all of a sudden, the switch just flips, okay? Because she goes, I will rip your soul out, daddy. And I'll rip your soul like, out, daddy. I'll rip your soul out, you pathetic fuck. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's like, whoa. <laughs> So anyway, he continues to set her aflame as the demon inside continues to taunt him while also, first of all, first of all, please tell me, did you hear the demon also while he was taunting him comments on how hot he was? (laughs) He was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I can see, like, from my first time when I seen this code open, we go into the title card, there you go. And then, um, oh, wait, 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 rewind. Sorry, I got excited because I was about to go somewhere real quick. As she's uh, on fire and she's just, you know, burning the fuck up, the dad says his final goodbye, takes that shotgun that she got knocked with earlier, and headshot, headshot, tell him close case, knocks her block off, title card, and here we are. When I first seen this, I was like, oh, is this going to be that type of movie? Like, why was she on the pole? Like, what happened to her? Why did she kill her mommy? Kill her mommy? Why did she do that? Like, listen... I'm still processing. And I watched this Sunday. Mm. Like, I finally gave it a score before I left to go work out earlier. Mm-hmm. I, when I say I was mostly speechless throughout the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, mostly, I was mostly speechless. Now, I do have my moments where I got mad and I was cussing at the TV. Mm-hmm. But I was mostly speechless. But continue. So upside down, we close in on a car driving up to a cabin in the wood. Once the Jeep pulls up, David is greeted by Olivia and he introduces her to Natalie, his girlfriend. Um, instantly, instantly, I was like, was it a little something, something going on between Olivia and David? I was getting those vibes, but I wasn't too sure because when Natalie came out the woodwork, she showed like loosened her grip on that hug a little bit. <laughs> I was just stuck on why she looked so familiar. (laughs) I could not, yeah, I couldn't place what movie she was in. She might have been in something. I didn't really go too far into it. But we find out that she's a nurse. Interrupting the ceremony is Eric, a high school teacher who's being very passive aggressive towards David for being late. But it turns out the root of it is really things are off because David dipped out on everybody when the going got tough or whatever. Around back, we meet Mia, who's sitting on Ash's car, Sam Raimi's famous Delta 88. And if you don't know what that car is, um, it's in every single movie, dang near, that Sam Raimi has done. Even, Johnny, have you seen Drag Me to Hell? Um, probably not. 
It's in that movie too. So she's drawing the cabin when David greets her and we find out they're siblings and this is their mom's old cabin and that the dog's name is Grandpa. I just want to know why y'all name your dog Grandpa? That bothered me. I think me. that's cute. No. I thought that was so cute. That bothered me. <laughs> it really did. A little old puppy. Oh, grandpa. And he probably like, I mean, you know, sometimes when we just like actually call somebody like you being a grandma, you being a grandpa, like, you know, like babies when they move slow, like, okay, little grandma. But you know, maybe the dog walks slow and that was like a little prick about him. I thought it was cute. I'm making up a little backstory for this dog. <laughs> anyway, David performing a magic trick pulls a buckthorn tree necklace from behind Mia's ear and is said to make her will stronger despite him not believing in it. He knows she does and that's what matters. And that's a good job, big brother. Whatever it takes. With that, Mia makes him promise that he'll be there for her no matter what and he crosses his heart on the wrong side. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. I wasn't, like, I really, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was on his right. and Because at first it threw me off. But see, I know what my height is because I'm left-handed. So that's easy for me to remember. It's right there. So when he did it on the other side, I was like, hmm. And then I was thinking, like, the camera can't be flipped. Because when Mia was sitting there, we could read her shirt saying Michigan State, which is, if you know, you know. But, um, you know, when he was sitting there, I was trying to look at his shirt to see if like there was writing on it to see like if it was backwards because that would explain it but that wouldn't make sense for them to flip it if she was just sitting right there surrounded by her brother and her friend mia swears off heroin pouring her final stash down the well she's quitting cold turkey this movie is so glossy like 2000 this whole like the early teens (laughs) movies were so glossy like Somebody just like rubbed Vaseline like on the screen. Like, why did we do? Why would we like this then? No, I never know. I never really paid attention to it. Like, it's okay. Even like just two thousands movies. Like, pay attention to all the movies we watched this month. They all have kind of like the same overall dark CW toned aesthetic. <laughs> It's pretty weird. I mean, it's not even weird, but I mean, I guess like every decade has like its style, but that that's definitely that style. Do we even have a style right now? I mean, I feel like for this decade, the tour was, oh my God, that's so crazy that we live in the 20s. Yeah, um, girl. Oh what gosh. happened in the 10s? That freaks me out. I don't know. I mean, just like we said earlier, our conversation about uh, technology advancing and stuff and that having to do with the way things come out and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I have to like think about all the movies we've seen because what I think is starting to happen now is that we have a certain look, but people's styles are so different that those looks vary. Does that make sense? Get out. Get Out in Hereditary. I haven't seen Hereditary, so. Okay, well, I wasn't going to spoil it, but oh. they they could look kind of similar, but they don't look similar at all. And like Midsommar, like that's the same director as Hereditary, but they look like two completely, you could tell the same person did it. But, you know, it's literally, no pun intended, day and night. But 
I don't know. I can't really say. Like, so maybe, I, maybe y'all can help us out. To my list, because everybody keeps talking about it. Girl, it's like, Jonne, had I realized at the beginning of this podcast you hadn't seen as many of these horror movies as I thought you had seen, one, I probably would have formatted this differently, but two, I have such sights to show you, my friend. Like, we haven't even, with you, you ain't even scratched a surface yet, and I'm very excited. But we're going to hop back to this. You sound crazy. I mean, we all are, and if you aren't, I don't know what to tell you. You might have to unbuckle that seatbelt, sis. <clears throat> the lock on the cabin is broken, a.k.a. hell, no, don't go in there. Instantly, Mia smells something and says, you know, mom would have hated seeing a place like this. David agrees, and I swear, I just knew he was about to get, the first time I watched this, I knew he was about to get a montage, and that didn't happen. So it kind of like, I was like, oh, okay, we're not going to get no cleanup scene of us fixing the cabin? No? All right. So we get Mia walking into her old room, and she starts to look at old pictures and time out because I'm tired of this. First off, this cabin looks way, 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 way too old for those pictures of your friends to be looking as current. Like y'all took these like a month ago. And those pictures look torn up as if they've been there for years. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. When she like, I don't on it. like no paper was like turned or anything like that. But at the same time, it wouldn't be like turn turned because it's not like it'd been like decades because they came as children. Mm-hmm. But but see, it's like they make the pictures look like they're old and worn out. But I'm like, you know, I'm like, um, at least put some why? dust on it. I don't under. But see, not even that. Don't do that. I don't understand why movies just don't take pictures of younger people. <laughs> like you, all you literally had to do was get a group of four kids and not even, first of all, first of all, Natalie, was she in the picture? Cause I feel like I know at one point she is in a picture and that didn't make sense at all. Because if this was Eric and Olivia's first time meeting her and the mom had, I assume recently died, and y'all just now meet Natalie. Why is her pictures in the cabin? Like, uh, you know me. I be pointing I didn't out see, all this stuff. I didn't stuff. see Natalie's picture. I just thought that was so the So at mom. the very end, at the very, very, towards the end, and we here, so we jumping around. At the very end, before David has to do what he does, there's a shot of pictures. And it's a picture of Mia. Then it's a picture of Eric and Olivia. It's a picture of Eric, Mia, and Olivia. And then at the top, it's a picture of Natalie just by herself. And then it's another picture. And I'm like, well, maybe he came to well, the why cabin. Why Natalie? What? But see, if the cabin was that messed up and it was locked away, there is no reason for her to have a picture there. Maybe she started a picture there. <laughs> like, I'm just like, but see, my point is, besides that, y'all just can take pictures of younger people. Like, okay, for example, and I, I be trying not to go on tangents, but I don't care. Y'all like it. So many movies do this, like A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Gene Master, you probably haven't seen that movie, it's fine. But um, it's cool that they do that because those kids are actually in high school. So of course, you would have a ton of photos of you and your friends in high school. But like movies like Final Destination 2, for example, that scene where Claire is in the uh, ward in the white room, there's a picture of all of them like they chummy. And if I remember correctly, and you know I do, based off the outfits, that's the day that Terry Chaney got smacked up by that bus, right? 
Um, and if I recall correctly, y'all was all beefing that day. So when did y'all take that picture? Because you should like take it after she got smacked. Hmm. No, what PA put that picture of you was not thinking. Like, why did you do that? Okay, well, anyway, I'm gonna get back to the story. Mia brings up it. <laughs> Girl, because I really don't remember Final Destination 2. I know I watched it, but it's been so long. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not you saying that on the podcast, though. No, I'm just playing. Um, Girl, Mia brings that's, up. That's literally my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if guys, if you haven't listened, John, it's an episode where Johnny literally says she's here so she doesn't get fined. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was taken aback. Um, Mia brings up an old lullaby because, of course, you know, that's going to come back later. David dismisses Mia and Mia begins to tell him how their mom's last days were. You know, she's talking about, you know, he wasn't there. The last days the mom was calling Mia David and she was just letting her do it because she thought she wanted him there. And, you know, that's kind of sad that he didn't have the funds to go out and see her, though. Like, that's kind of rough to deal with. Later, David is using a very loud nail gun and Olivia tells him that Mia tried to kick this addiction before when they were in Flint to no avail. She couldn't even go past eight hours. She warns that they might need to be prepared for when she breaks because she won't survive another OD. But then on top of that, he had no idea that she even legally died. Yeah, I was like, you don't even know nothing about yourself. Too. And I'm like, dang, like, I know that happens, but, you know, of course this puts more weight on things. And he came to make amends saying, you know, if she asks me, I'm going to come through for her. Like, if she want to go home, I'm going to take her out. So in a flash, Mia is freaking out over a smell and everybody thinks it's just, you know, part of the process. She's going cold turkey. And come on, you know her nose knows. You hear me? <clears throat> Grandpa, the dog, agrees and he's sniffing and clawing at the rug, prompting David to swipe the rug, revealing a door with a bloody drag mark leading right into it. And these motherfuckers open the cellar door. I don't know it's not. Every time I say cellar door, I think of Donnie Darko. They continue down there, and <laughs> when they said that it smelled like burnt hair, for some reason, I started smelling burnt hair. You know, I was just like, well, you know, Mia wasn't lying, and now y'all know she's not crazy. And they find a room filled with the hanging dead cats and flies all around, and they also spot the Negronomicon. And then Eric brings the book up. I'm like, dude. He got on my nerves throughout this whole movie. Why did you touch this book? Oh, I'm gonna get on him this whole movie. Why did you touch that book? And then also, why don't people bury stuff like that? Mia even tells them that they shouldn't have touched nothing that was in that basement, and she was absolutely right. Valid. Once again, viciously, not once again, but it's just so abrupt, viciously carving into some meat. Natalie and Olivia watch as Mia walk in circles outside in the pouring rain, by the way. Man, that meat was still bleeding. That's their business. I ain't got nothing to do with that. That's disgusting. Meanwhile, voices urge Eric to open the book. Eric, Eric, dude, if it's that sealed, leave it. Like, my guy really has wire clippers. Not to mention the book is wrapped in a trash bag. Like, and sealed it's wrapped in bob in a wire. Bag. Like, if it's wrapped with in bob wire. With the spikes. Like, come on, dude. Like, huh. He turns the pages through the skin-covered book, and why, why, okay. Why are you reading these words out loud? It said don't read it. It says leave this book alone, but he continues. 
it says he's watching with the evil eyeball. He continues. It's saying the craziest stuff, like shatter their bones. They deserve it. All kinds of crazy things. And you keep going. Like, I mean, <sighs> it fits. Literally, he ends up cutting his finger on a page, leaving a drop of blood on the book. Okay, you probably haven't seen this movie either, but it's a part of the book that says, don't say it, don't write it, don't hear it. And I started dying because if any of you out there have ever seen The Bye Bye Man, you already know what I was thinking in my head. And that movie is a ride. So <laughs> he takes another piece of the paper and shades over it. And he kind of reveals a phrase. So once again, when you read to yourself, are you, you're in your head, right? Mm. Now I'm not going to stunt. Sometimes I'll mouth words you know but i'm not just blatantly talking like i'm talking right now this man reads it and now it depends if i'm reading an email like if i'm writing an email to go out to my coworkers, i'll read it aloud to make sure it makes sense but for the most part i read in my head (laughs) i want to argue that that's different you reading for clarity he was reading for curiosity (laughs) that get all them cats killed Literally, yeah, he got no pun intended to the ones in the basement. Because as soon as he speaks that first word, something swiftly starts coming through the forest. And as he finishes it, it hits Mia, causing her to vomit the nastiest yellow shit I've ever seen. Poor child is pleading to God, and she just sees a shadow of a girl in the forest calling her name. And I'm just like, damn, shit, bitch, it's over she wants out she knew see she was smart she knew she told olivia and everybody else she was like i will do this but i gotta do this somewhere else we can't be here and them standing on their word they don't give in even david despite what he said earlier doesn't accept and mia tries to i kind of low-key felt like she was trying to guilt trip him because i feel like that's kind of like how that whole scenario would go you know what i mean of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to be too blatant with it, but it is what it is. So um, she even pulled a Rashad and Nunu <laughs> and snatched her own necklace off, breaking it and storming off. And you know how these situations go. After the spot blow up, there's always that one person that got to check up on somebody. So Eric goes into Mia's room, discovering that she bounced out the window and is pulling out the car that came in. First, stop. If we were supposed to be keeping this girl on lockdown by any means necessary, why don't any of you have the keys on you? (laughs) I just felt like it should be like low-key some police stuff and you just have it on a a super huge key ring around your hip and it just jingle jangles when you walk. Like, hmm, no? Okay. So she's driving. She's skirt skirt off. She's having a breakdown. I don't know. She, you know, she's just going through it. She's not paying attention to the road. I know that much. But also, it's pouring. She's speeding like it's a sunny day in L.A. Sees the girl from the forest in the road and swerves, crashing off-road into a shallow swamp. And this was, to me, this was like a really good way to get a car out of the situation because, you know, there's another one. But I feel like this was a really good way to get one car out. Because, you know, normally they'll just do the, oh, the car is not working. And, you know, it's been done and done and done. But she wakes up disoriented and uh, like a mug, grabs her bag and gets out. But, you know, this ain't over by a long shot. Once she gets herself out the swamp, she hears her brother calling her or wait, because now there's another voice. Um, Okay. 
first oh why did i jump at this jump scare <laughs> oh, when I left oh my god yes because she's looking out and we've seen this shot before and y'all know i love me a good camera shot with some eye games so we're looking, she looks behind her when she hears her brother call her name, right? And we look with her. So we see the car that, you know, trash. We see the swamp. We don't see nobody. We look back at her. We look back out and then this thing just rises from the swamp. But see, the thing about it was it wasn't like it wasn't, you no. Know, music to make you jump like the thing was there the whole time we just wasn't paying attention to it and that's kind of what got me and first of all the thing is I jumped both times because I watched this movie twice (laughs) for the podcast and I jumped both times and the second time obviously I was aware that this was coming and I still jumped I don't know how it happened but anyway she runs through the forest tripping as they do into a brush of vines and the vine begins to hold her down by her arms neck ankles she starts gagging oh jesus christ she sees the girl again and she realizes that it's her and it's low-key made me think of the beginning scene in the uh movie excision especially when the ghost version starts vomiting up that little spiky long vine thingy thing and eventually what happens is it makes its way into mia and this part is unsettling when mia starts screaming but the demon starts screaming too but the demon's not screaming but it just looks like the demon's screaming you know i really didn't like that scene <laughs> because why now, does everything gotta enter the vagina like why Ooh, okay i'll save it i will save it y'all know exactly what i was gonna say i'll save it i hate Ooh. it <laughs> They find her and they bring her back to the cabin. Olivia fills them in on Mia telling her what happened and they all recommend that they get her to a hospital. Except Olivia. Olivia is not acting like a person of color, respectfully. Why does she want to stay here so bad? I'm like, sis, um, I feel like you should be the first person to be like, yeah, maybe we should leave. Like, I know she's a nurse, but still. Like, she even goes as far as saying that she might have thrown herself in the bush trying to get attention to make them take her out of the situation. I didn't like that either. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, we got to go, sis. David goes to check on Mia. And this was, in my opinion, was a pretty good jump scare because, you know, she's cowering under the bunk bed. And you think that she's about to be looking like messed up or something like when he goes to see her. But he actually ends up scaring her. So, you know, she's telling him that, you know, they got to get up out of here. Like, this ain't it. There's a presence in here with us. And I just don't understand, like, how he couldn't take her seriously. Like, if somebody told me that and they looked like that, I'm going to believe them. Like, I don't care what you've been on. Literally. She was genuinely scared. You know, they don't believe in nothing that they can't see. Right. (laughs) And even, like, right after this happens, she sees her reflection as her demon self. Like, this shit is already here, baby girl. Like, it ain't coming. It's here. Eric is still searching through this goddamn book, examining it. Like, he has a test coming up. Like, I know he's a high school teacher, but this is nothing that was in your curriculum, sir. Like, come on now. David starts cleaning out the basement and stumbles upon a trail of blood leading to the little bush of vines that leads to a hole under the shed. And when he looks under there, Grandpa's under there. And Lord, trigger warning, y'all. So sorry. Animal trigger warning. So skip ahead, maybe like 15 seconds. Then killed the damn dog. 
or at least that's what we think. Because what happens is we find the dog. Okay, the dog's bloody, the dog's dying, if not dead already. So what happened? Mm -hmm. We're looking around the shed. We see a bloody hammer. Okay, put two and two together. Who the fuck would have did this? And we get a clip of Mia, or we don't know if, well, obviously it was Mia. But, oh gosh, I just, poor grandpa. Mm -hmm. That's so extreme. And you also have to think that Olivia told David that Mia would go to the extreme to get out of here. But that's very extreme. Yeah. That's, That's very your family extreme. dog. Okay. He's hot. He demands Mia comes out the shower. And no pun intended, she's inside burning her skin off in the shower. And see, this is why I don't do boiling water. Like, you know how they be talking about that meme? Talking about girls love boiling hot showers. I don't. I actually like my shower really hot. Like, I, I don't, don't like it, like, boiling, but I like it really hot. I don't need it to be piercing my soul. Like, it can be okay, but huh. no. That's the last straw. David drives her out as she convulses and vomits on the passenger side while Eric notes the book saying that this is going to happen. So I kind of glossed over it. But when they found her in the shower, her skin is like she got second and third degree burns. It's like she was really standing there torching her skin with the water. Yeah, like it, it got so hot. Mind you, this is like an old cabin. And there's like mm. a heater type thing on the wall. It mm. got so hot that the heater caught on fire. Like, like it was. <laughs> so when he tries to drive her off, they find out that the roads are actually flooded. And see, that's why y'all should have went the first time when all this stuff was happening instead of waiting around. And when he looks back at his sister and she's just like passed out in the seat. But then we look closer at her and she actually starts smiling. I said, oh, hell no, that demon knew. That's the demon. That's not even her anymore. Yeah, it's the eyes open the whole time. The crew tries to wrap their heads around this, and Natalie, the one actually making sense in the situation, says that they need to get up out of here. This ain't cool, this ain't it. David tries to play peacemaker, and Eric points out everything is fucked, even though this is all his fault. Mia then dragged herself out this room, and she's armed with a shotgun, and she aims towards David, Shoots it and grazes him as the force that we saw earlier rushes in and everything just goes batshit crazy for two seconds and everything stops. And um, one thing I did like that this movie does, it takes clips from the original movie and plays it into this movie. So it's like, obviously, if you know, you know, but if you don't, it just sounds like some creepy ass voices. And it says, one by one, we will take you. And it's just like, oh, shit, here we go. Everything is quiet. And Mia just goes, you're all going to die tonight and falls out. Baby, I would have known. Fuck that flood. We would have figured it out. We would have had to just walk across that water. I don't know. It probably would have been dangerous, but we would have had to do something because no, absolutely not. Olivia tries to get the gun, but Mia pins her down and vomits on her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> then Olivia flips her ass in the cellar as she should. Eric closes her inside as Mia bangs around as they decide what they should do. Eric, although it's his fault, is making more sense, saying that this isn't a panic attack. This is that shit, that demon shit. Olivia washes her face and shakingly gets the meds together. 
it's a medicine cabinet that you know how because i got one of those stairs and it gets on my nerves it's always that one messed up hen that makes the door kind of like swing freely unless you like close it all the way like if you open it it's just gonna swing not just stop i can't stand it when it swings it shows a reflection of her with her face jaggedly slashed ear to ear and the glass just shatters out of nowhere as she comes out the bathroom the book flips to her death and she proceeds to play it out i remember this death being one that they really hyped up in the trailers but also yeah. i knew that they was gonna go after her first for some reason i was like dang i guess she was one of one well see natalie was the one making the most sense until she went crazy but i was like dang i kind of figured out the black girl not figured out i kind of figured that the black girl might you know at least be second dang nah you know sometimes we just always die first oh more than i'm done oh what was that i'm just kidding eric finds olivia and slips on her cheek causing him to oh gosh slip and hit his back on the toilet olivia now on top of him with the syringe stabs him through the glasses just multiple times he tosses her off pulls the oh gosh pulls the syringe out from under his eye area and she starts just dragging herself towards him with a shard of the mirror and he uses a piece of the toilet to bludgeon her to death and he is so shook i mean he just killed his girlfriend poor thing because when he was like she tried to kill me she tried to kill me i was like "Ooh." Dang, he probably really ain't want to do that, but he ain't had no choice. <laughs> so now they're off aiding Eric's wounds with duct tape, mind you. And <laughs> Natalie was like, um, I think we need to do a little more than this. He's like, he just needs water and sugar. Go. <laughs> I'm like, what? I think he needs more than that. So Eric fills David in saying, you know, this is his fault because he read the book. And, you know, first of all, I probably just would have at least pinched him. At least, like, even though David really had no idea what he really meant by that and what was going on at this point, like, you know, it was a lot. So Natalie goes and gets the water and sugar, but she's stopped when she hears a crash at the door, then a lock, and then the thunder. It's all too, it's, it's too much going on. You don't know where to look. And then you find out that it was the cellar door that swung open and Mia starts calling out to Natalie. And then Natalie gonna call back. And I'm like, what are you calling her for? <laughs> so natalie tries to explain to mia what happened but of course once again she flips the switch and grabs her by the ankle and drags her down there with her and i'm like see like why did you go over there like mind your business mia starts licking on natalie who's like just trying to like ward her away with a box cutter first of all she wasn't trying hard enough but i think she also was like not trying to hurt mia but girl the mascara on your legs open. i mean not even that if somebody's licking on my legs i'm kicking like i'm getting no baby no like okay so and then also why my soul gotta be filthy though hey she might have did some things that we don't know about mia takes it and splits her tongue on it and uh, mia telling y'all she ain't never scared okay they end up getting Natalie out and keep Mia down there, chaining that hoe down as they should have the first place. And also, I was dead when David looked down there and seen his little sister. And he was like, or not he, she was like, your little sister's being raped in hell. I'm like, oh, well, these deadites say anything. After all this happens, 
Erica decides to burn the book. And I'm like, why would you do that? This book was made in hell. Did you really think it was going to burn? Oh, you stupid? Okay. So I mean, Eric knew exp- he was stupid. He opened it in the first place. <laughs> I just see, okay, now one thing like he was kind of swayed to open it by the voices and all of that. But still, like, first of all, you messed up from bringing it out of the basement. Nobody told you to bring it out the basement. Like, that's that was the first one. So at that point, when he brought it out the basement, it was already going down at that point. Somebody was going to open. He was just the one that was just the weakest link. So he explains about the entity, saying it's the taker of souls. Once it feeds on five souls, the sky will bleed and the abomination will rise from hell you know what? That's way too much. That's way too much. If they want to help Mia, they're going to have to kill her, according to the book. And of course, David ain't going for that. And he's saying, you know, we could just wait. We can just wait by the river, wait for it to clear and bounce. And Eric says, we ain't going to live to see that. Like that's, that's not going to happen. So Natalie's at the sink, right? She's tending to her hand wound because Nia, not Nia, Mia bit her down in the cellar. And she starts squeezing stuff out of it. This movie is just so gory. And it's like it holds on stuff too long. You're just like, woof. So Natalie's hand room also reminds me if any of you out there seen The Perfection with uh, Logan Browning. And that you know what happens with her hand. Uh, and it also kind of reminds me if anybody out there has seen Urban Legend Bloody Mary with the spider bite and the pimp. Whoosh. Okay. So Mia watches Natalie doing (laughs) you know when um natalie was sitting in the um the kitchen up against the counter you know who i thought about who justine and alexia oh (laughs) (laughs) i always gotta find a way to bring that movie into this show so what's happening is natalie knows that she's fucked at this point and she's contemplating cutting her arm off with that carver that we saw them viciously carving that meat with earlier and i was cracking up because mia is down in this cellar like don't do it bitch don't cut it i'm like oh my god she is not taunting her to cut it It kept making me think of that tiktok audio girl don't do it i'm not gonna do it i'm just thinking about it oh my gosh and we actually watched her sit there and cut her arm off. It's not like it cuts and then it comes back and it's an obvious prosthetic. I mean, her arm was a prosthetic, but it goes right in for it. And of course, once she's almost done, the power blows. So David and Eric, they come through, they see blood everywhere and then they see Natalie up against the fridge. And all she does is say, I had to do it. And her arm literally hangs from its last tendon and drops to the floor and, and the Mia, funny thing about it was that her arm was normal i'm wondering okay okay never mind let me not say that because i'll wait i'll wait <laughs> mia whole time is cracking up in the cellar just cracking up because they up here clowning they use more duct tape to bandage her arm wound i'm just like you gotta know that that's not it like i know that's all you have but it's, it ain't no bed sheets like Nobody got no extra clothes. Like, I don't know. Eric again tells David that he needs to kill his sister. David tries to say because of his mom's mental condition, Mia might have inherited somehow. And first of all, David, how dare you? This is past mental health. Like, you you really tried it. 
Eric, although once again, this is all his fault, is making points by saying that we need to burn this house down. We need to do something right now. There's a shadow lurking in the doorway. Oh my gosh, Johnny, you sniffing just made me jump. That's not funny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shadow. <laughs> I can't even get it together. There's a shadow lurking in the doorway, and all of a sudden, we just hear shots, and it's Natalie who just pierced the freak out of her face with a nail gun, like, ooh, chow. Eric gets a round of nails in his arm. David gets a few on the leg. Eric is getting effed up throughout this movie, but I also feel like he deserves all of this. <laughs> this is all his fault. David tackles Natalie and gets the nail gun away from her. And then both of them start pulling nails out of their body. And because they're doing this, she's able to pull a Houdini on their ass. And now they don't know where she at. So David goes for the nail gun, but Natalie beats him with a crowbar. Oh my gosh. This movie is a lot of hand and arm drama going on. And you know how I feel about hand drama. I just, ugh, I can't do it. Mia, whole time once again, is cracking up. She is going nuts in this basement. She is a messy little deadite. And then Eric, finally, he starts popping the nails off. And Mia turned her head so quick. I'm like, oh, she was tuned in. And uh, Natalie was eating them nails, okay? She just kept walking like, okay, took another one, took another one. And mind you, she don't have an arm. She only got one arm. With that arm, she started beating Eric with the crowbar. All of this time, because Eric is getting beat, I mean, beat with this crowbar, I'm just like, where's David? Where's David? It's taking him so long to get this gun. David shoots her arm off, and now she's just armless and leaking. So the deadite has this little game that it likes to play. So remember earlier when the girl was on the pole and she was confused and asking her dad what was going on, what's happening? Yeah. I think one of the games is that in, I say I think for a reason, just stay with me, the deadite puppeteers kind of, sort of, kind of like being in the sunken place. Like, so he let the teenager be for a few seconds before, kind of like hid and let the teenager, like, you know, say what she had to say, but then pop back out once it got set on fire. And so what I'm saying with Natalie is the deadite literally, you know, goes dormant for a second and Natalie comes back. My face hurts. What happens? Why does my face hurt? Well, you know, she confused as hell. She don't know what just happened. Eric is over in this corner, slumped, laughing. That turns into a cry and it's just so much going on here. Derek carries, Derek, you know what? At this point, we might as well just call him Derek, David and Eric. David carries Eric outside and promises to follow through with burning the house down until Mia starts singing that sad song. And I'm like, dude, why you let her get in your head like that? Like, burn it down. Follow through. So when he doesn't, a tree sets fire outside as David heads out into the shed and pulls together, you know, I guess it was like a homemade defibrillator, I guess. I don't know. And digs a shallow grave. I still think he should have burnt it down. I don't care. I did too. <laughs> and I, one thing I do like about this movie is when this part happened because I haven't seen this movie 
since I know I seen it two years ago, but even then I wasn't like paying attention, paying attention. But since I was this time and this part happened, I'm like, dang, they came to this conclusion kind of early. But then you realize that you still got a little ways to go. You know, he comes back in, opens up the cellar. I'm like, why would you open the cellar? Goes down the cellar. Why would you go down the cellar? Using his flashlight, he's looking around. And I like this little cool scene where he flashes the light and we see the box cutter. And then he comes right back and then it's gone. It literally was like a two second little look away but it was really smooth so he gets shook by a loud crash and then gets snuck later by mia with that same box cutter see i told you you should have burned it down you wouldn't have to go through all this also i feel like this was the start of like that shaky cgi thing like an extreme example and i know you dang you just told me you ain't seen this movie but you okay you had to have seen the previews like pennywise when he'd be doing that little hit okay okay in the dark and the wicked in the shower scene when the dad was standing here and standing there and then his head starts doing that crazy little shake thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this was the beginning of that because Mia does that, but to be very honest, it's not as distracting as it's gotten now. It was also, like a little twitch. Yeah. Also like she was supposed like, to be in Thriller, but she didn't make the call. Yeah, because Eric does that later. You notice that too? Like when Eric walked towards David... Like a little bit, we about to get to this part. Oh gosh, okay, we get there. Thank God, Eric, speaking of, comes through smacking Mia with the crowbar, but he got stabbed in the process and now he finally dies. And okay, before that happened, David injects Mia with a little serum. But, um, you know, they say their little goodbyes or whatever, him and Eric. Why did he put Eric down in the water like that? Like you did not have to do him like that. You could have just sat him up I mean, we know what's about to happen, but I mean, I don't think David seen that. So he probably didn't know that he was about to turn. But I don't want to swell up and blow. Like, dang. So anyway, David goes outside. He First of all, I'm like, why did you put this dress on this girl? <laughs> he dresses her up and starts to dig her, you know, bury her in the grave. And another scare, this movie does scares pretty well. Like, this was definitely jump scare era of horror. But the jump scares in this movie, like, they don't bother me like other ones do. So this one that I'm talking about in particular is when he's burying her. You know, she got the little plastic bag on her head. And he's going back and forth. And he goes, we see her, he goes away. And he comes back and her eyes are open. And she starts taunting him. And I'm like, dude, you better not fall for this stuff. You better bury her. She's talking about, why do you hate me, David? I'm like, no, let her go he pushes through he says his piece and as her heartbeat slows down the fire finally goes out signaling that it's up and he digs her out to revive her she is alive and they hug it out and they set out to leave and why does nobody keep the keys on their person he shouldn't have had to walk back in the cabin for the keys they should have just got my whole thing was left if you were planning on burning the cabin down why didn't you even have the keys in the first place if exactly. you were on burning the cabin down? I was That didn't make sense. Yes, because exactly, like I said earlier, why do you just not have your keys on your body? And because of this, 
Oh, and not even because of this. And this is what I was talking about. He starts looking at pictures on the wall and that's when the camera moves and we see a shadow and we're like, wait a minute, that's not his shadow. And it's Eric who just turned into a deadite and stabbed him in the neck with the wire cutters. I was like, see, see, should have burned it down. Eric, deadite Eric, it looks terrifying. And this was definitely, um, nearing the scene when he was doing that little thriller twitch once mia gets uh mia comes inside david gets them out but what he does is he like fakes her a little bit and locks himself in because he knows at this point that he's going to turn did you um did your version have like the deleted scenes in it i don't know what would be deleted or what wouldn't honestly as I just said, you know, he faked her out and locked himself inside. Now, some people, you probably like, okay, well, why he do that? So, like I was saying was, you know, he got hit by Eric. So, you know, he knew he was going to turn. And what happens is when he locks the door and he's sitting up against the door on the inside and he shoots at the gas tank and the house blows up, we stay in there for a little bit and we see him start to turn into a deadite. Yeah, that's all that. Yeah, okay. So um, Mia pulls <laughs> Mia pulls a left eye. She's just like in a trance looking at these flames. And she ends up finding her necklace that David gave her. And this is, this is the only thing I'll say that's from the original movie. When she finds the necklace, it's in the shape of a skull. And that's when I thought about it. I said, oh, that's blood coming from the sky. Five souls. But okay. also. That's bleeding. The continuity of it was the fact that didn't she snatch it off? It was broken. So how's she going to put it back on? Okay. I know you have that question, but I cannot answer that right now. So you're just going to have to wait, but just trust me. I mean, you're not going to find out that answer today. So don't hold your breath, but you just have to wait. <laughs> so the abomination arises from hell grabbing Mia's hand as she scurries away to the car but of course she's trembling she can't get it together in enough time to skirt skirt off and she's snatched out of the car but crawls into that little hole where we found grandpa and gets into the shed and she tries to get a little moment to herself she looks at the machete and then looks at the chainsaw, grabs the chainsaw. But see, no, grab both. I'm not leaving. If there's a killer or something chasing me, I'm not leaving no options, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to equip myself to use both, but I'm not leaving no options. At least throw it somewhere where they can't hit it. I don't know. But, um, you know, also on top of that, she was a deadite for like half the movie. So she wasn't aware of what was going on anyway so she probably really didn't know the severity of the situation but still she's trying to get the chainsaw to start and she has to put fuel in it and like i said she's trembling and she wastes so much fuel but i know she's scared and all of a sudden here comes the dead eye come here bitch i said oh i didn't know i was watching a nightmare on elm street movie but i like it <laughs> Mia backs herself into a corner, continuing to start the chainsaw, but it's shook when her knee gets sliced and you see it rub and everything. <sighs> She's going through so much in this dang movie, poor thing. She ends up knocking the hole in the wall, barely escaping the machete. 
She gets under the car with the chainsaw, finally getting it to work. Whole time, it's still pouring raining outside and the abomination is nearing. She slices its leg. And come on, I love a smart bitch. You know I love a smart bitch. She crawls from under the car, but the abomination freaking out pushes the car over and traps her left hand under the car. Oh my God, poor thing. The abomination starts crawling around and see, this is where the abomination messed up calling her a junkie because you know, Use them fighting words. She finds the strength and just straight up rips her arm straight off. We see the whole thing. The only reason she does this is because she can't reach the chainsaw. So she just bosses up and just takes one for the team. And uh, ooh, it's the left one too and it's spouting blood. I'm just like, ooh, and it's raining. So you don't even know which blood is which. It's just so much going on. She arms herself with the chainsaw as the dead-eyed she arms herself with the chainsaw as the abomination nears her. I will feast on your soul. Feast on this mf'er, And just takes that chainsaw down the throat, saws the abomination in half, and it's glorious. 70,000 gallons of blood used in this movie. And 50,000 was on this scene. And I feel like every drop was worth it. Like even like for real, for in real life, when they got done with the movie, that whole area where they shot that was stained red for weeks after they got done filming. Ew. Ooh, I love it. I love it. But then the abomination sinks back into hell, still blinking, by the way. And I wrote in my notes, I said, damn, that's a way to kick an addiction. Because I bet you after that, I ain't touching nothing, okay? <laughs> the rain stops. Mia grabs her necklace and heads towards the sunrise as the Negronomicon closes itself. And then, did you see the alternate ending? Which was point. Yes, but I didn't realize that until today that there was. So then I had to go back and look at it. Yeah, it's really pointless, guys. So basically what happens is um, Mia, she's scooting along the road. She passes out dead in the middle of the road. A guy stops, offers her some help, takes her to the hospital. She's in the backseat. She's asleep. They zoom in on her eyes, and her eyes open, but they're regular. Yeah, I didn't get that point of that. Yeah, I was just like, okay, like, did she... Have you seen the movie The Descent? It sounds familiar, but probably not. Okay, um, it's something similar to that, but it's the reason that they did that like that. But I was just like, hmm, okay. And then at the very, very end, if you sat through the credits of the movie... Bruce Campbell as Ash makes an appearance, just giving his groovy with a little head tilting. That's our movie. Here are my thoughts on the movie. And like I said, um, I can't give too much because I've seen the original John A. as not yet. I know they did this for a reason because when they came up with going forward with the idea of a remake, they were like, okay, well, we're not going to replace Ash's character because it's not going to happen. No, like not only are we going to piss off people, but we just, we know it's not going to happen. So with that being said, we have David as the Ash character, kind of. I low-key feel like him and Mia's roles should have switched because it kind of, it's like Mia becomes the main character in the middle. But I feel like she just should have been the main character the entire time. Like, David still could have been the brother or whatever, but we didn't need to get to know him like we did. I know why they did that, but 
I don't know. That's just one of my little opinions. Obviously, there's so many callbacks to the original. And if you know what you're looking for, especially if you've seen the entire franchise, like it's just little things that you just pick out and you just notice. And one of my last comments is that the Deadites don't, obviously, they don't look like the ones in the original. And I almost want them to at least have the same eyes as the original Deadites, because I kind of feel like that would have been freakier. And because it's 2013, and I'll say this because it's fine, it's not ruining anything. The contacts in the original movie were so thick that the actors and actresses using them really couldn't see throughout them. So it was really like a pain in the ass wearing those contacts. But now, in being 2013, I feel like I feel like that could have been figured out in an easier way. Um, I'll hold my rating for a second. What you think? So I like the movie, but at the end, I was still kind of confused a little bit. Like, I feel like I needed to see their original and the subsequent sequels because I felt like I was missing something. What did you feel like you were missing? I don't know. I just felt like I was missing something. So this movie got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 57% on Metacritic. In the box office, the budget was $17 million and it got $97.5 million back. So um, they was good. It did what it was supposed to do. What is your rating? I give it a 70. The stupidity of the characters pissed me off sometimes, but <laughs> it was solid. Gave me some, a little too much gore, but <laughs> it was solid. You know, I love me some gore. For me, for this one being my first Evil Dead movie, and not having seen the originals then, I thought it was cool. As far as a remake goes, now that I have seen the movies, I actually do appreciate this one. And then they even say that at the same time, this was supposed to be more of like a sequel anyway, but it just ended up being what it was. And who knows in the future what could happen. My rating with this one, I have no idea. Cause I'm just like, it's, it was cool. It was all right. I mean, and see, I had was that, good. I had that same sentiment, which is why I didn't come up with anything until earlier today. But mm-hmm. I couldn't like right off the bat, like really think of anything because it was like I liked it, but like I don't know. I still, I was still processing, which is why I gave it a seventy. I may change <laughs> later on, but right now it's a seventy. Yeah, no, that's not really my issue. My issue is I'm just thinking like, you know, where, how do I rate this? Because I mean, it's not a bad remake. It's not a bad, I mean, the story could have been a little bit tighter, but I mean, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, that too. The story bothered me a little bit too. It's a horrible scenario. And then, like I said, like um, at this point, I've seen the original. Like I know my rating would have been different had this been 2013 and I had just seen that movie because I really thought, I was like, oh, this this is awesome. I still think it's awesome, but it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a a 79. It's not bad. Like, it's really not bad. Actually, you know what? I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not lying. I'm going to give it a 79. Oh, no. It's just, it's it's all right. Yeah, it had some faults, like, as far as, 
why y'all don't keep y'all keys? That don't make sense. And I thought her necklace was broken, but it wasn't like anything that was glaring. Like I hated it. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that was probably the most awkward rating. Like I have never. Because like I said, it's like I wasn't like, it wasn't like I was unsure. I just was like, oh, I guess I really never thought about ranking this one. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. You ready to bounce out to the souvenir shop? Yeah, my back hurt. What <laughs> <laughs> type of ride is this? <laughs> I don't know. I might have gotten thrown against the wall <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, David. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. Okay, guys. So for the souvenir shop, you know, normally we do a cover art, blah, blah, blah. This time we have like a lot of other things that we want to talk about. So as always, go visit our IG. The day the show drops on Friday, we always drop any type of cool posters and artwork that we find. So you'll see it there. So what I have for the souvenir shop instead is a little reading. It's a little excerpt. It's um, a scholarly article. I'll link it down below. But what it's called is Recycled Fear, the Contemporary Horror Remake as American Cinema Industry Standard. And it almost talks about what we talked about earlier. But this is from the lens of saying that, you know, Remakes were around, but it really got popular when movies like The Ring came out. And then from there, it goes into different tangents talking about how different movies have lost their value because of remakes. It's a pretty interesting read. And then another one that I have, remember earlier in the show and I was telling you about that list that has like 19 remakes that came out in 2005. So I have this website and basically what it is, is this database that you can type in any movie and it'll tell you how many remakes it has, if any. Johnny, what do you have? Well, before I tell what I have, I just want to say that I really like The Ring and The Grudge. <laughs> okay. I feel like those are like, I mean, we were teenagers when those came out. So I feel like that's when we was really absorbing those movies. Right. And I used to piss my mom off because I would like hide on the steps and it would be dark in the hallway. You know how like it's dark in the hallway, but you got your light on your room. Mm-hmm. So I'd be hiding on the steps and I'm like, ah. she's like, Jordan, stop it. I used to torture my mother. <laughs> uh, my childhood was fun. But so for my souvenirs that I found, um, when I was doing research on the actual Evil Dead franchise, an article was posted today letting everyone know who loves the franchise that this April, this month, um, there's going to be an Evil Dead 2 watch party with Bruce Campbell that includes live commentary and they are now on sale. I thought that was interesting. So um, that's basically it, Survivors. Uh, I got a few announcements for y'all, as usual. Um, May theme tees don't have a title, but it's found footage. So get those submissions into destination180podcast at gmail.com. Um, we might just go ahead and give you the generals of the theme for the rest of the year so you guys can just go submit crazy. But um, also, don't forget to leave us a review. 
wherever you listen to your podcast, we like five stars. But if you want to be honest, you can be honest. But we still got a perfect five star score on Apple. So, um, like I said, don't go fucking it up for us. Um, next week we're gonna be talking about my bloody Valentine, and I can't wait. You got any expectations? No, I'm just excited to see Mondo. <laughs> That's all she know, y'all. <laughs> I feel like you have so many at this point. I do. And it's all for my favorite shows, like Supernatural, <sighs> Criminal Minds. <laughs> she about to start daydreaming. All right, y'all. <laughs> Peace out. Bye, y'all. <laughs>